Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Key Orion, the man who is obsessed with making great music and teaching you how to make your own. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me right now, and I appreciate that. This is going to be an episode that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I apologize in advance. If I look disheveled, if my background looks disheveled, if I look sleepy and jet-lagged, it's because I am. This has been a whirlwind of a week, and I feel like it's only right that I come talk to you about it. I have a couple things that I want to talk to you about today. This is going to be a deep episode. This is going to be a possibly emotionally turbulent episode. This is also going to be a fun episode. There are a couple fun stories in here that I want to talk to you about. But this is an episode that is going to be mostly my recap of LA, my first week in LA, and my my perspective on it, my two cents, where I'm kind of at now mentally, emotionally, spiritually after that adventure. So if that sounds fun, if that's not something that you'd want to get into, um, that's what this is going to be about. This is going to be a tough episode because... I did a lot of learning through this process. And so if you didn't know, last week I talked about on the pod, I was going out to LA for a, a potential opportunity to meet with this engineer. He's the guy who mixed, he's the mixing engineer, who's uh, Beyonce's mixing engineer for her album, the one before, I think back in like 2013. He's BTS's engineer. He's done, he, he's done a ton of stuff. He's a, he's a, He's in the industry, and he does a lot of records. And I heard him talk on a podcast about needing some help with his marketing. And so I pitched him about coming out to L.A. to help him with his marketing. And also potentially building an education platform with him. Because I have my beat school, but he has access to a lot of projects that I think, and because of his name, has a lot of access to potential opportunities that I couldn't get myself just being Kia. So I'm in Brazil when I pitch him on this. He says, it's cool. We, we chat a little bit here and there, a couple calls. And I'm like, you know, I've always wanted to come out to LA. Let me go give it a shot. And so there are a couple stories in between here and there, but I'm just going to get to the good stuff. Long story short, I show up. And what I did beforehand was I booked a car for a month off Turo. And I booked an Airbnb for a month in a hostel. It wasn't exactly a hostel. It's not called, uh, the name wasn't, it wasn't anything official, but it was an Airbnb that was, I could tell was like a hostel. Like it was an Airbnb, but this wasn't a hostel in the sense of like, it was like a normal hostel where it's like a name and a building and you show up and they rent you towels and give you keys and stuff. It was just like a lady's home that people were living in. And I could tell from the Airbnb reviews, it's just like a shared space. You just kind of get a bunk bed in a room. So pretty much a hostel, but with a little less of the like, kind of official flashy piece. And so I show up that first day, and I, I know this is going to be a test for me because I don't do a lot of driving out here in Medellin. <clears throat> I haven't had a car for four years. The LA traffic, all of that stuff, I know is going to be an adventure. But this, the whole the whole theme of this entire pod is the th- the theory that I've always told myself is pretty much like anything for the dream, right? Like willing to do whatever it takes to make the dream happen. And so I finally get to kind of walk the walk. I read a book recently called Hell Yeah or No 
by Derek Sivers, and it really resonated with me. And it's it was he was one of the concepts in there that he mentioned was if you want to see what people what was I'm the I'm gonna butcher, it, but it's pretty much like don't listen to what people say, listen to what they do. And so for me, talking these you know talking big game about wanting to pursue this music career. And looking at it and, and seeing to myself having some hard conversations that I'm not really doing what is needed in order, like my actions aren't aligning with my words. And seeing that for myself, it's like, okay, if you really want to do this thing, like, let's go to LA and go pursue some music opportunities. Let's walk the walk. Let's test it, see how it goes. And about a week or two before this whole thing happened, when my time in Brazil... The last few months, I really feel like I've been catching like a certain wave. Like I'm on this just kind of different frequency where I'm feeling really confident, really empowered in a weird way. And kind of, and if, if you've listened to my latest pod, you know, I talk about kind of giving up on my dreams and this confrontation of reality of what is, who, what, what I am versus what I've always imagined, what I want, this sort of like a Buddhist piece of really meditating a lot, coming to accept who I am, where I am, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I want to preface this whole LA trip with that, that I'm coming in with a glass half full. Actually, I'm coming with my glass like 99% full, pretty much coming in being like, I feel like as long as I have what I need, I'm able to do I have freedom, then I have power in terms of autonomy, not in terms of power of the power over other people. And I also have power in terms of nobody has power over me. And that's really, that's been really uh, an easy concept to, to understand, but really difficult to embody for me for a long time. And so that's been something that has been on my mind lately about not needing anything, whether this applies to business whether this applies to friendships, whether this applies to women, sex, whatever, if I don't need, again, then that, that, that desperation comes from a place of lack, and that's often when people can have leverage over you, and not in a good way, not like, let's do a business deal, and it's cool, and I owe you one. It's more like that's when you feel desperate, and that's when people can do weird stuff to you. That's when you end up chasing women you're not supposed to chase because you want sex. That's when you end up chasing opportunities or, or relationships in terms of business or relationships with people that are maybe toxic, but you want their, you want whatever it is that they, the leverage they give you in that industry, these sorts of things. And so I'm just on that type of time already coming into this experience. So I show up at the compound. First of all, actually, I don't show up at the compound. I show up to LAX and then I, my car that I rented is like an hour south of LAX and the Airbnb is in the valley, which is like 30, 40 minutes, like north of LAX. So I drive an hour south, or I get an Uber an hour south with this cool, I think he was Russian. Dude, we didn't speak a word the entire time. I get the car and then it's like an hour and a half drive of just like welcome to LA traffic. And I also haven't driven for a while. So it was just like an interesting, I was like, okay, like we're doing the LA thing for real. Get to the compound, the hostel thing. And it's interesting. I would say it's like it's it's hard to describe, but it's pretty much just people living communally, not necessarily like together, <laughs> if that makes any sense. It's like, it's three rooms 
And in each of those rooms are a potential of eight people. There's one just for girls, and there's two for guys. So a potential of, um, what is that, 16 guys? And so I'm upstairs in a bedroom where I'm sleeping in the top bunk above a guy, and then there's another bunk bed of two, and then there's like a curtain, and there's another room, and then there's four guys in there. And we all share a bathroom, the four guys of us in there. Or excuse me, the eight of us. And it's just an interesting place where it's like, feels very LA to me where like you walk out the back porch in the morning, I would go out the back porch and there's like this little like patio area that I'd go out there to meditate. And I remember walking out there and there's just like a guy there that was just like sleeping on the couch. And I was like, what's up? And then like, there was an RV in the backyard. There was a guy sleeping in that RV. There was like this wooden kind of structure that there was a couple in there. It was like very transient. It was interesting. It was not my ideal sleeping setup now after being kind of a grown man doing my own thing for a while and it was it blew my mind as men and i guess more as boys it was i was probably one of the older guys in there we're just weird dude like there was a guy he was a coder and he would just code all day on his computer super fast at, for like all day and then when it was the evening he would just like he like here's his computer he, and then like here's his bed he would just like roll into bed you just like roll into bed, like turn the fan on. I'm like, this is crazy. The guy in the bottom bunk for me was really sweet, but he was just on his phone the whole time. Like he was a student, I think. And he would just come home and just like be on his phone the whole time. And maybe it's because I'm weird and I just got like other stuff that I like to do, but I just be, I don't know. I'm like, isn't there other things to do? Like, I don't know for me. Um, maybe I'm a weirdo, but there's just life is too short. There's so much stuff that I want to learn in this life and do in this life that it just blew my mind. Like guys, they just like maybe I just care too much about like my health and dental routine and stuff. But like I need to like brush my teeth before I go to bed and like wear my retainer and I don't know read before. I don't know. It's just weird. It was just like guys would just be like they'd be like whatever their job or thing was. And then bed, or they do like whatever it was, and then phone, and then bed, and they just like in clo- like fully clothed, just like crashing. And I think maybe I just take sleep too seriously that I just like actually need to be like under covers or something. I was like, dude, I'm way too bougie for this place. So I that was like the first sign that things are going downhill fast. The second one was. The next day, I plan to meet with dude. His name's DJ Swivel. And he, I arrive at his house, and he welcome, he's like, welcome to LA, and he, he comes into his house. And he just moved. So he's in this, like, brand new house. Like, the couch is still wrapped. All the stuff, like, stuff is still, like, needs to be unpacked. He's still kind of building it out. But it's a beautiful house. It's the first time I've ever, like, my first, like, LA mansion experience. It's, like, three stories. And the, the, the bottom, kind of the basement, he has this home studio he's built out. He has a home theater. It's the second place I've ever time. It's the only time, second time I've ever been to someone's home, they had like an actual room that's like a theater, like theater seats. Big. I was like, oh, this is crazy. And studio is really cool. But I'm starting to pick up the signs that were on different pages. When I went out there to work with him, in my mind, I was going out there to do more like big project things like – the marketing piece, help him with his marketing, or maybe pitching him to masterclass or some different opportunities, or the educational 
thing building on some platform. But I think what, what his interpretation of it was, <clears throat> was an assistant. And so, you know, he'll be walking along and like his couch was still wrapped and he'd be like, hey, this would be a good job for you. Like find somebody to like come and clean that couch or, you know, be, you know, just little things like that. And I'd be like, I'm not sure if that's what I, I was like, I'm not that sure that's what I signed up for. And so we end up, you know, he, he kind of walks, walks me through kind of what he wants me to do. And I'm realizing we're not on the same page. And so we sit down and, you know, we have that conversation. I'm like, dude, these are things I can help. These are the things I would love to help you. He's not paying me, mind you. So I'm like, these are the things I'd love to help you with. These things I, I, I are outside of my range of activities that I'll be doing. Things like cleaning and swiffering and other things of that nature. And I can tell it's thrown him for a loop and that he feels, I think, he feels, I don't want to say betrayed, but I think he's frustrated that that I've just, that I've, I guess I've wasted his time, that I've come in here, he's shown me everything, and then I'm just saying I'm not, that I'm not on the same page, rather than me just calling him and letting him know that I was more, I realized after walking around with him and stuff that like, when the rubber meets the road, and this is the part, this whole kind of pod is going to be the theme, and then we'll have some other stories dabbled in, is like, when the rubber meets the road, for real, I'm not as willing to chase the dream as I thought I was. And I think that's been the big kind of revelation that I've had about myself, is that I'm not, I always had the mentality, I'll do whatever it takes, and the realization that I won't. The realization that I might have been able to do that when I was 21, 22, and it was cool, and I could live in kind of a shithole and just like no make, not make any money and do my thing. And realizing at this point, I'm like a little bit bougie. Like I like, I like to be able to like have my own space, and I like to be able to like have boxing classes and like get. I realize I don't love driving around in traffic. I don't mind being driven. Like I like Ubering everywhere or riding my bike around, but I don't like driving. And so, I realize there's a certain a certain quality of life that I'm not willing to give up. And that was like hard to. That was a hard pill to swallow. Because like you can have your dream or you just kind of have this normal life that I've been living and that conversation with myself to make the choice to say, I see what it would take in order to pursue my dream and I'm not willing to do it. I'm making the choice intentionally not to do that because whether I don't, I'm not cut out for it or whatever, but it that has been like really interesting and sitting with that, accepting that, that there are, there, the, the business that I have and that I'm building is going to be much smaller and the, the potential, the potential rewards are going to be much smaller. Whereas he had like this home studio is going to have like cool artists coming through, songwriters, producers. It was going to be a completely different life. It was going to be the LA life in the mix with people like big named artists that you know, doing that sort of stuff, but also maybe working a full-time job just to pay rent or working as this guy's assistant. And I'm, I'm, I'm officially, I realized I'm officially unemployable. Like I'm almost too stubborn that if I'm going to build my thing, I like, 
I, freedom really is my ultimate currency. And these are, these are concepts I'm really starting to dial in. That like, I'd rather have a smaller thing that I build that's fully mine. I get to run it however I want to run it. I get to employ who I want to employ, work with contractors I want to work with. And I get the creative control over it, the IP. And same with the music. Like, I played him some music, and he was just, like, not into it. He was like, nah, man, like, this doesn't go anywhere. Like, he, he he's, he's used to working with, like, Beyonce. So, like, smashes, like, hits. And I realized that with my music, too. Like, I would love some guidance in collaborations with my music, but I'm not as open to, like, being A&R'd towards, like, a hit record as I thought I would be. I would love feedback in terms of the technical side, like, like, yeah, Kia, like, you need to tune out the frequencies and, like, the 400 hertz range because, like, things are messing up here. Or, like, you know, these plugins would really help, you know, your keys cut through the mix your, or your your kick is muddy or the vocals to have too much. Like, technical things, I, I'm thirsty for that in terms of also, like, helping me strategize for the career piece, super open. But in terms of, like, the a and piece of, like, rewriting stuff so that it's catchier, et cetera, I'm just not into it. Like, again, same with my music. I was like, what do I really want out of this? And since I've given up the rock star dream, it's really, for me, about making as much music as possible. For me, this is a concept to art by the pound. It's what I truly love to do is to make music and to get good at it. Like, I want to get better at it. Had to fix the hat. You know how it is. I want to get better at it. And so it's like I feel my purpose is in my growth in my skill development, not in my growth in popularity. And I think that's a core differentiator that I've had for a long time is I've I've always, I've wanted growth in those more ego-fulfilling ways. And instead I'm now kind of turning more inwards in terms of just the inputs. Focusing on the inputs rather than the outputs. Rather than I need this many views by this amount of time, this much money, this amount of time. I need to uh, headline Madison Square Garden by this age, whatever it is. It's more like I need to I, I need to create as much as I can every day. I want to. I need to do, um, you know, I want to make three songs a week. I want to do three jujitsu classes a week. Whatever it is, like focusing on things that are within my control. And I, since I love making music, that's what I realized. I was like, okay, so I can build these. It hit me when I was there with Dude. I was like, I can build something really big with this guy. A lot of potential. He's famous, a lot of money, a lot of resource, a lot of connections. We could build something really cool. But do, am I happy running and building businesses or do I just want to make music? and build my content. I like making content. I like doing this. I like building my YouTube channel. I like making music. I like doing jujitsu, boxing, and meditating. Like my life is simple. And so I don't really need those things. And in this life, here and now with you, I have complete autonomy. And I was like, why am I making a job for myself when I have to do more work? I'm going to be straight with you. I don't really like working. Like it's not cool. I'm not about, I realized I was like, I don't, all this sounds like a lot of work. I was like, I don't really like that. All this sort of stuff, making content, making music, building my YouTube channel, making like that, that doesn't feel like work. And so I don't really count that as work compared to like 
sweeping and cleaning and, and getting on calls and business meetings, like all that stuff that just, I feel like pulls me away from what I really want, what I really love to do. And life is too short. And so I think that's been a big piece is coming to terms with reality. One, who I am, who I thought I'd be. Two, I don't have what it takes, what I thought I did in order to chase the dream. And three, I'm glad it happened because I was able to prove to myself that what I say matters to me really does matter to me. Not in terms of the chasing the dream part, but in terms of the freedom piece, in terms of the autonomy piece, in terms of the, the power over self piece. Because it was all there. All of the shiny things were there. All the potential was there. And to walk away from it and to say, I'm going to choose to live life on my own terms at a slower pace and in a more authentic way, I think, for me. Because when I zoom out from the mac into a, like a macro lens of this, it's really, for me, a body of work. More than, more than the day-to-day -day of content and channel and blah, blah, blah. It's like just having hundreds of songs that are incredible songs over time. And I think that like I make so many crappy songs. I'm probably going to have thousands of songs. But out of those th like thousands, there's going to just be rad ones. I realize I have a folder in my phone. It's called Mix Check. And whenever I make a song during the day, I'll export it to mix check and I'll walk around and listen to it, listen to the mix and take notes and stuff. And in 2021, my mix check folder was like, I had so many songs and it makes me, I realize it makes me happy to go through and see those because I can almost, they give me like time markers to the day into that time of my life. I have these chapters in life. That's almost how I document this journey. One in this very literal sense with you right here, documenting the journey. And then also with the songs, the songs are like, oh man, they, they're almost like time capsules. I can go back to those moments. I remember being in Mexico City here. I was in Oaxaca here. I, this is my first week in Medellin. This is my last week in Medellin. This was when I fell in love with Luisa in Medellin. Like this was breaking up with Naomi. This was, you know, when I was at home in January. You know, there are these time capsules, these specific moments that I love to have. And I was going through my 2022 folder this morning because there are a couple songs I've been working on. And I have like, 15 maybe in there 10 and I was like ah almost halfway through the year I have like 10 songs I was like what are we doing dude like I'm a I'm a I'm an <clears throat> I'm a creator and that was another another piece I'm going to get to on this trip too is realizing where I need help so but just to wrap this piece up for this story we have kind of an amicable friendship breakup with this dude and he, I knew he kind of felt bait and switched. I, I was just, I ended up being straight with him. And something I'm working on this year, having difficult conversations. I was like, listen, I realize I need to focus on my own dream rather than helping you build your dream. I see the potential here. You don't owe me anything, but you know, let's keep in touch. And I, I dressed up a whole social media strategy for him. I pitched him to masterclass and mix with the masters, these two online components. And so I'm just going to keep in touch with them and see where it goes. But realize for myself that that was not a mistake because I think it, it, it showed me a lot, but it wasn't meant to be. So the next piece of this, 
check it. This is how we're going to do this. Interestingly enough, this is the second time in my life I've had a pivotal moment of walking away from a dream I've wanted for a long time. The last time I can remember that I intentionally made the decision to walk away from my dream was in Meadowlands, New Jersey, when I was 16 years old, and I decided to give up my dream of playing Halo. I was so good at playing Halo 2. That was my drug of choice as a high schooler. I wasn't going to go to college. I was going to go to community college, just play Halo 2, going to be a pro. I was arguably one of the best in in my little city and town. I was making money from it at the time. I was winning these little tournaments at Hollywood Game Crazy. Shout out Hollywood Video. Shout out Game Crazy. And so I decided to go to, it's called MLG, Major League Gaming. It was like the big leagues where people got paid a lot of money, full-time gamers. This was like, I'm not going to date myself, but it was before playing video games for for a living was like really cool and accessible and easy to do. Show up late. I don't get to compete in the bracket. I would have got my ass kicked. Anyways, I see what the real deal is, what it looks like when people play professionally. And I say to myself, I could do that. But the time it would take, I would need to invest in order to do that. You see where this is going? I'm not willing to do. And I realized that myself. I'm like, this would take my entire life. Give up my dream of playing Halo. I get more involved with Key Club. Things take a different turn. But I've always remembered that feeling of when reality sets in, something you've wanted for a long time, and you make the choice to step away from it because you realize deep down you're not willing to sacrifice what you would need to in order to make that happen. And so it's just kind of an interesting, you know, turn of events that this is where I find myself once again, bit of a crossroads, 30 years old, dream I've wanted since I was then after that, it turned to, you know, hip hop and stuff. So 17, 13, 14 years, and same sort of thing, being like that, that friction, that tension between what you want and, and what you're willing to do to get it. And so that comes around in a weird way because after that day, when I think about working for him, I can feel it on my body. I feel tense. I feel anxious, scared, maybe a little nervous. And when I think about not and being able to go back to the life that I was living, I feel so light and free and excited. I'm like, this is a thousand percent the right decision. So immediately that evening, I buck tickets back to, I was like, should I go to Mexico City? Whatever. I really like this community, this community though that I've been building in Medellin. So I buck tickets back to Medellin. I cancel the Airbnb. I cancel the the air, the, the car rental. I'm probably gonna have to eat the, the Airbnb. It was like a grand just because Airbnb's fucking with me. I lost a bunch of money on the trip, but it was like super worth it just to tell myself that's what it was. But then I switched the perspective from being in the LA to work to being in LA to link with homies. Link with one homie named Dexter. He's the man, Dex Digi, shout out Dex. Works for Vice. And he told me how he was, he just started recently like this year playing Halo and got really into it. So it's this kind of weird connection where this Halo dream thing continues to like kind of weave in and out of this narrative. We get ramen, we chop, it's great. That weekend, I meet up with my buddy Alec, who I haven't seen in maybe a decade. We were good friends when I was in university, and it's like we pick up where we like left off. It was just, he's just one of those guys, 
and we eat a lot of tacos and talk philosophy and life and I spend the night over at his place, meet his wife. It was just, it's cool to kind of see how much he's grown up, I guess. I think I still have a little bit of that Peter Pan shit going on, but um, it was like really rad to see that side of LA with him. We go to Venice Beach, we get ice cream, we go see Skater. It was just really cool. And then I bounced this week. So I'm back in Medellin now. And I want to just lock in. I've been feeling like this kind of been eating at me for a while. I was able to get kind of locked in in Brazil, but I was still, I was doing a lot of kind of emotional work at the time. And so I didn't make a ton of music. I was really, I was doing a lot of TikTok and building out my content, YouTube channel and stuff like that. And so I'm thinking of just posting up here in Medellin for a while, for a hot minute, seeing what I can do with the visa. I've just started doing jujitsu again, really want to take that more seriously. It's like when I think about what excites me in life, that's like one of the things. And that that was just a piece that clicked for me of like the beautiful thing about being down here is I get to live like I'm rich. Like I, it's a private jujitsu lesson. I get private boxing classes. I get massages. I get to be Ubered around. It's just like a different lifestyle where in LA, I'm like scraping by and it's simply a change in geography. And I think that kind of location arbitrage piece for me has been big because it's just freed up time that I talk about a lot and sort of like the beauty of this sort of nomad life. And it doesn't have to be another country. Like it could just be like moving from the city in New York to upstate and you just get like three times the space for the same price. Just location arbitrage as a concept I think is really powerful. And... That's just where I've been at is like this, this, this place of acceptance, of meditation, of really leaning into what makes me happy. How can I create more time doing that? And it's interesting. It's like more the, the, the more that I let go of the dream of what I always wanted, the more happy I get. And the thing is, I'm still an ambitious dude and I'm still going to continue to try to grow my skills and abilities and grow the, my brand, you know, I'm still going to be doing stuff on TikTok, et cetera, et cetera, but it feels less out of a place of like compulsion. Like I need to do it. I have to do it. And more that I am just now excited about the music that I'm making and I want to show people and I would love for people to listen to it more than it being like, I need people to listen to it so that I can grow on there so that I can do this and do that. But then being like, Hey, here's some songs I've been making and just really doing things my own way. And this is a piece that I wanted to talk to you about as well is this piece of reality check seeing yourself for what you are what you can be and also where you need help my buddy alec works in television and he's he's up he's like helping like produce television shows and stuff he's the man we had some deep talks and i realized that I need like a producer, not in terms of someone making beats for me, but someone like help kind of steer me in a way because I'm just this ball of creative energy where like I, I like kind of doing the long term thinking piece of it, but I'm a, I, I like to be in the day to day in the trenches of just making the art. Like that's what I love. That's where I find happiness. It's like the marketing and, and getting it out there and how does it tie into this and that, that like the strategy parts and maybe networking and playing the game more that like I definitely need help with. 
And it, it's been cool because I've always thought I could do it myself because I'm a do-it-myself type of dude, like learn how to make beats and mix and write and all that. But I wasn't like, dude, this that's what they have producers for, you know? And so that's been really telling too of kind of learning myself a little bit more in that regard of like what I'm good at, what brings me happiness, and what can I outsource? Like there are probably parts of this game that I could outsource, but that in my day-to-day it's the actual creation piece that makes me feel the most fulfilled that I get excited about doing and that I feel like I can do in perpetuity forever and ever as long as I get to live this one precious life. And so that has been interesting too. It's just sort of this, it's been a reality check and a wake up call in just a lot of ways. Um, but it's powerful. Cheers. That kind of acceptance of self and that letting go of that friction of always where I thought I would be, what I would be at this point, and just what I am, and embracing that and really being grateful for that too. Um, because the whole power piece is really, I know it sounds easy to say, but there's something about that when you have complete autonomy over your time. And your day and your energy that it's, I, I just, that's what I mean, I'm unemployable. Like, it's hard to get back on somebody's payroll once you get a little taste of that. And I think a lot of ways, I think a lot of us can do that, myself included. If you just cut your burn rate, like, you just stop spending as much money, it goes goes a long way. Anyways, I'm going to wrap this up with a couple stories. Appreciate you guys tuning in this much. couple fun stories for you. Actually, I'm going to do it with a couple questions that I wrote down. Couple ideas I thought were interesting. So I'm really into the idea of pushing my comfort zone and getting comfortable with pushing my comfort zone. But I guess that this was too much of pushing my comfort zone when I was the whole LA thing. When I was like, the whole time I was driving around and stuck in traffic, I was like, I can't wait to not drive again. Like, there's something about being uncomfortable and then also knowing these are some questions. What's the boundary of your discomfort? When do you push the comfort zone? And then when do you settle into it? And I think for me, there were a couple ideas that I thought about with comfort zones, boundaries, different levers that you can pull, things you can push, location, profession, identity. These are all different, I think, boundaries that you can push. And I think one reason right now why I feel like I want something more consistent, more constant in terms of my external life, like living in one place, getting my routine down, etc., is because I feel kind of so like uh like a tumultuous things going on internally like i feel like i'm kind of having these constant breakthroughs and difficult conversations with self i just feel like i've had a lot going on internally so like kind of calming my external environment i find um kind of helpful at this point so that's something i've been thinking about though is pushing boundaries but like which levers do you pull in order to do that and and how can i still self actualize while enjoying the process at the same time so things i've been thinking about funny story to lead you off um two they both have to do with flying and the adventures in the airports over the last four years i can't remember the last time i had to pay to check a bag i travel in two backpacks carry-on only nomad style 
and almost always airlines are going to try to fuck you. They're going to say it has to fit this amount of whatever, whatever. And it has to like fit in this bit and it's like, or it's only this much weight. And, and they try to scare you as much as possible, but almost always you can make it happen. If you can get past the fucking ticketing counter, that's where they get you. And so often what I can do is I'll check in online and I get my boarding passes and then I go through security. And by the time you show up at the gate, the people are so on the tickets often it'll say like not allowed baggage on the tickets. People like the ladies and the guys that are like having you board are so frazzled. They don't even, it's not like they're checking the ticket and looking at you. They're just like swiping it like, yes, please keep going. Yes, please. Like they don't even care. Or if you get there and it's like, oh, it's too much baggage. They'll usually let you check it for free. Just like. They just have to put a little thingy on it, like, oh, you don't have enough space in the main cabin. You got to check this, and it's free. United, bro, fucking United. I I traveled Asia Air Asia budget airline Ryanair. Ryanair in Ireland gives you nothing. They give you no, they no personal item, no check baggage. They don't give you even like a table tray that folds down. It's just, it's bare bones, dude. You could tell even the the stewardess were like. Fuck it, if we crash, like, we don't even have masks because we're going to die. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm messing. But, like, they were just, like, half-assed in the presentation. Like, we all know we're toast if we actually crash this plane. But I got through because the ticketing agent lady was, like, sweet enough that she's like, yeah, she's like, you can try it. And so what they'll do, they figured out now that I'm on to them. What they'll do is even if you print your pass online, they'll say you have to go see the ticketing agent. Or if you do like a little check-in kiosk thing, they'll just like block you out and they'll like flash if you're like trying to like check out at like a grocery store self-checkout. And it's like you have to get it okayed by one of like the little people that like come around and police you on it. I tried all my techniques, my persuasion techniques, and I figured out why I couldn't sweet talk this lady. So I met you and I met the little kiosk thing. I missed, I'm like trying to return the car and my Airbnb host, that lady Shout out to her. She's cool, but she was a little bit loony. So I was trying to like get my money back from Airbnb. I realized that probably was a wash. I'm racing around. I'm like, it's this whole thing. I didn't have a ton- chance to check in online, so I got to check in at the kiosk. And the lady comes over. I, it's all fine, but it's like, you say you're not checking bags. They're like, we need to double check that because you're probably trying to get on to the plane without paying us an exorbitant amount of money to put this bag underneath. And so I asked her straight up, I'm like, listen, I travel around the world all the time with these same two backpacks. I've never had to check the bag. I was like, there will be space. There always is. Trust me. Like, she, she was like, mm. I was like so close. And she was like, no, I can't let you do it. I was like, can you tell me why? I was like, just humor me. Like, why don't you let it, like, why is it on me? I get a shot. It's because she, when they have to come over and like, give the little okay thing they have to like bleep skin little pass it's on her so if i fucked up it was actually on her i probably still could have found a way around it but i was like ah oh, fuck it i'll just pay for the check baggage and just despite her i paid for the check baggage and didn't check it let's go i still brought that bitch on the plane because i knew it would fit 
but it is what it is. I still have the check baggage thing around here somewhere. I was like, just to fucking spite the airline, I was like, I'm not even going to check it even though I paid for the check baggage because I know there's space and it's not going to be a problem. And as soon as I like got past security, go to the gate and everything's fine. Like I said, I have the ticket that says not allowed luggage. Like on the ticket, I still had it. It's like budget, like not allowed. And the person just like scans it and doesn't give a fuck that I'm like, this is such a racket, but I was, I was just like kind of some, I was so, I was so stubborn about that. And then karma, as soon as I, I fly out of LAX, so I'm like, fine, fuck it. And then you have to go, I had to go through security again. And so the second time I go through security during my connection, they flag my luggage down or they don't flag it. But like when you go through security and you put your luggage through and like they have the two chutes and if you like, you have something suspicious in there, it's like, they like go off to the side. They have to go through your whole bag. Also they go through your whole bag and throw shit everywhere. And then they like just pass it to you to repack it. I'm like, dude, this took me like 30 minutes to organize. Like I'm gonna need you to put that back. (laughs) I'm gonna need you. You threw my shit around everywhere. I'm gonna need you to put that back. Guess what set it off? You guessed it. It was my girlfriend. It was my it was my Brazilian girlfriend. My generic knockoff Brazilian fleshlight somehow was <laughs> was what the dude was looking for. I was like, um, he was like digging it up. So I have like tripods in here. I've got cameras. I've got all types of different things that sometimes get flagged because people are like what like these. It's a lot of like sharp metal objects. But I was like, oh no, he's in the clothes side. And then I, I keep her in this like black plastic bag. Um, because, you know, we travel together, it's getting serious. And he, he like pulls out the black plastic bag and, and he just like, it's a, it's like a pretty, it's generic, right? Like I told you. So a flashlight, at least if you know what that is, it's like a male sex toy just for some interesting parts, but it's a, it's like a, it's expensive. I had one when I was in college and they're like, it actually looks like it's a pretty decent replica of lady parts for the most part. This one, my generic Brazilian girl, is like pretty, it's like not super attractive to look at. Like it's not like they spend a lot of time like trying to configure something that would look relatively normal or like at all accurate. And so the guy like squishes the bag and he's like, hmm. And I was like, at this point too, I was like, yo, I was like, dude, just as a heads up, I was like, that's my portable girlfriend. I just want you to know, you're welcome to check it out, but I want you to know what you're getting into. And he, uh, he was like, huh? And he like looks in the bag and he like looks at me and looks at the bag <laughs> and he just like throws the shit there and he, he gives me a bag and he's like, God bless you, brother. And then just like walked away. And I was like, oh dear Lord, <laughs> what did I get myself into? So that was one time I land I had another connecting flight. I have to go through security again. And the same thing happens. Fortunately, this dude, he the bag gets rerouted. I'm like, oh, no. And then the dude goes through it. I'm like, here we go again. Pulls her out. This dude actually had a really good sense of humor, though. And so I was joking with him. I was like, dude, I want to give you a heads up what you're getting into. Portable Brazilian girlfriend. He was actually really cool. And so he he had broke it down for him. He's like, yo, he's like, dude, I hate to break it to you, but um, he's like, 
this is always going to get flagged because it's like organic matter. And so it shows up as a bomb on our, on our like, like a scanning system. And I was like, well, maybe I could just get a girlfriend, but we laughed about it. He was super cool. But the first guy, it was like, I almost want to carry it through security from now on. I want to bring her through just to see what people's reactions are. Cause they were like so different. The first guy was like very clearly, shaken and embarrassed and i think just pitied me heavily and the other guy we just had a good time and then he had to check my other bag and um we were just joking around it was actually really fun but um that's two fun flight stories for you always an adventure going through the airport and doing um security shenanigans with a flashlight but on a more serious note Back in Medellin, going to try to get a visa maybe for a year, maybe for two, and I still want to go to, to Rio, but just get my priorities back in order. Priorities, health, fitness stuff, so that's boxing, getting in shape, also really want to get good at jiu-jitsu. I'm going to try to do maybe three, four times a week. There's this gym out here that this dude seems cool. Focus on the music, making music, making art by the pound as much as possible, really get better at mixing. Like I feel like I've kind of plateaued. I want to dive back in and get better at it. Build my biz. I'm not sure if we're on four or five yet. Build my biz. That's build my YouTube channel. Get the content going. I've started selling beats again. So it's like build the content in terms of like the education piece, selling beats. But I've hired a video editor. I hired a girl to help me with the, the like the thumbnails and graphics. I just hired a guy to help me with like keyword research. So I'm starting to build the team out a little bit because I realize I need help with that. And I really want to get my – I want to start learning Portuguese again. So – that's where I'm at. And just enjoy this community here in Medellin. Like, um, some cool people down here. If you're watching this, you know who you are. Thank you for the support. As always, it, it, LA was and it wasn't. Thank you to Dex, Hero, Alec, anybody out there who, who we were able to kick it. We were able to kick it and, and chop it up. That was, uh, it was an interesting taste of kind of being back in the States. I always feel like an alien when I'm back in the States now. It's like weird to not be home in my home country but that might be a pod for another time but i'm locked in got this apartment for a month gonna double down start saving stacking bread investing it back into business and the music let's see where we go with this thing really trying to get my mind right feel like i'm catching a wave catching a certain vibration and know that those don't always last forever so excited to see where it goes thanks for tuning in as always i owe you one for therapy your check is in the mail check is in the mail Appreciate you more than you know. Peace.